0: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 85 years. Learn more at ADR.org. U.S. stock index futures lower as investors assess China's growth prospects. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 7 points. Dow E-mini futures down 41. And NASDAQ E-mini futures down 8. DAX in Germany is down nine tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down eight thirty seconds. The yield one point nine zero percent. Yield on the two-year point 088 percent. Nymex crude oil up one point seven percent or fifty-nine cents to thirty-six fifty-two a barrel. Comex gold up two tenths percent or two dollars to twelve seventy-two seventy an ounce. The euro, $1.0961. The yen, 113.58. Iron ore soared the most ever after Chinese policymakers signaled their willingness to buttress economic growth, boosting the outlook for steel consumption and the top user, and igniting speculation that some investors who'd bet against the market had been caught out. And people familiar with the matter say BSF is working with advisors and financing banks on the merits of making a counterbid for DuPont, the $55 billion chemical company that agreed to a merger, with Dow Chemical in December. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
1: Karen Mosca, thank you very much. We're talking with the dean of the Tufts Fletcher School, Admiral James Tavridis. He is a former supreme commander of U.S. forces in Europe, and he's making us smarter about foreign policy as we consider the 2016 presidential race. we have candidate, most of the candidates, shall we say, who are running for president on both sides of the aisle, did not make a mark or, or their mark in foreign policy, Admiral. So what is it that a new president needs to know? What's the most important thing for them when they come to office? Because many of our presidents uh, have not had a lot of foreign policy experience when they take the oath of office.
2: That's a great point, Mike. I'd say at the top of my list is actually temperament. Um, What you need is a president who, even if he or she has not traveled extensively or had big jobs in foreign policy, at least has a proclivity for the international world, is interested in, is intrigued by it, and recognizes how intertwined the U.S. economy is with the rest of the world. Secondly, a president needs to make good choices about advisors. So, I'll be listening as the campaign unfolds as to who these candidates think they will bring with them on their team. So those are two things i start with.
3: Admiral, good morning. Uh, we should point out, as we pointed out before, that Admiral Stavridis joined when it was least popular to be part of the military. I believe that was 1975 in the vicinity, plus or minus a year. We have coming up later Jeff Garten, whose father is truly one of the most distinguished soldiers of this nation, fighting in three wars—World War II, Korea, and Vietnam—how important is military service within an administration? Not just the president, but the vice president and the lead advisors. Even if they showed up for a cup of coffee when they were 22, how <laughs> big a deal is that, Admiral?
2: It's a big plus, I think, in any individual. And you know, I'm going to say that to yeah, put we know, on. Yeah, yeah the cloth of their country, but to be practical in today's world, Tom, as you know, less than 1% of the U.S. population ever serves in the U.S. military. It's really quite striking. So you're not going to have a huge number of former military, but I think a few in the mix is a very positive thing.
3: I look at where we are, and there's any number of ways to go here, but to stay on globalization, what are you teaching at Fletcher? On globalization right now. Is it a new globalization or is it just the same old story?
2: No, I think there are new vectors in what we think of as globalization, Tom. And at the top of my list is actually biology, the world of biology, the sequencing of the human genome, biotech, all of those things will profoundly influence the international order. Secondly, pretty obvious is cyber. Third, I'd say, is the rise of Africa, which is something we're driving into our curriculum. Eight of the ten fastest-growing economies, huge population surge, fourth, the role of women, and fifth, Tom, um, I'd say social networks, the way they're connecting us, influencing us, and helping move diplomacy globally.
1: How does that influence what the the next president and the president after that are going to have to deal with?
2: I think first and foremost, we ought to be thinking more about cyber, both as a benefit, which it obviously is. But Mike, it's a huge risk as well. And we see this in a cascading series of episodes. I'm most concerned about our electrical grid, for example. Uh, secondly, we need to invest more and think more about bio, biology, and how that's going to impact our economies going forward. Those are two areas that I think our executive branch has not put enough focus on that are well worth considering.
3: Has it been a surprise to you how little discussion of Pentagon budget we've seen so far in the election? I mean, I believe it's a small part of the budget. I, I'm just amazed it doesn't come up.
2: I agree with you, Tom. Um, Frankly, I think that today uh, we've seen about a uh, 20 percent drop in the budget as a percentage of GDP. Uh, We're at our lowest level in number of soldiers, number of ships. I think you'll see that perhaps come back to the fore when we get to the general election. But at the moment, it is submerged. We need to be cautious. It's a dangerous world out there.
1: Well, given the threats that we see, where are we perhaps
2: too shorthanded? I think uh, three areas that I would put more focus on in the military, one I mentioned already, and it's cyber. I think it's time to think about creating a small but very capable cyber force, just like the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps. I think we need a cyber force. Secondly, more emphasis on special forces. I don't think we need to deploy 100,000 troops to Iraq or Afghanistan But we need trainers and mentors, those elite forces.
3: That's brilliant. How do you define special forces? I mean, we've all got our John Wayne movie, you know, Green Beret (laughs) images, which I'm sure are totally incorrect. How does a pro like you define special forces?
2: Well, the thing they're the best at and the most important aspect of their metier, Tom, is their training ability, their ability to advise and mentor. We had to remember special forces grew out of Green Berets, in vietnam who are there to train the south vietnamese so we always think about putting red dots on foreheads sending people out to kill individuals that's a small part of what they do their key mission is to help train indigenous forces to fight better that's the key for special forces
1: what is the state of our relations with the rest of the world and uh what's the world looking for from us when
2: we uh, get a new administration I think the world is hoping to see more leadership from us. You know, nature abhors a vacuum, but that Vladimir Putin loves one. And as the U.S. Has, has failed to step up in crises as disparate as Syria has not pushed hard enough in Ukraine, has not uh, truly engaged the Islamic State to date, um, that vacuum is being filled by others. And I think Globally speaking, the world would like to see more U.S. engagement in foreign policy and security.
3: In the final minutes we've got left with you, Admiral, uh, let's come up to date and, without question, the intractable issue of the moment, which is migrants and refugees. I, I keep reminding yes. people that the distance from Turkey to Greece is two and a half miles. I don't, I know, for those of you at uh, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, I think it's sort of like Felmouth to Martha's Vineyard or Woods, you know, Hyannis uh, it's not even Hyannis it. Nantucket. It's Martha's Vineyard. I mean, we're, yeah. it, the distances here are unmanageable. What is the prescription to at least get control of the flow?
2: We've talked about it before, Tom, and uh, on the, Treating the symptoms end of this, I think what is needed is more resources and manpower to help patrol, surveil, set up refugee camps, run and operate those. And that can include using the military in this soft power kind of context. But you and I both know you have to deal with the disease. Why, why are these waves of refugees coming? And frankly, these are not economic refugees by and large. These are uh, asylum seekers because of the the meltdown mm-hmm. of Syria. So we, we need to address the problems in Syria.
3: Admiral, thank you so much. James chavitas at the Fletcher School Tufts University. Uh, greatly appreciated uh, this morning. You know, you know, you go around the world, Mike, and you, you look at the issues and you just wonder, <clears throat> not so much now or, you know, to be critical before the conventions, but the second or third week of October, you really wonder where our discussion will be on foreign policy. Because, uh, I have no clue. It's very scary because
1: people certainly suggesting that uh, some of the candidates are not qualified uh, <clears throat> yeah. to deal with foreign policy. Yeah.
3: Can we do a shameless plug for a book that we're going to talk about? Go right ahead. Robert Gordon's book is 1,700 pages. It's like the Old Testament on steroids. Robert Gordon was in the uh, yesterday, Michael McKee's book of the year, asking about American growth, and we were making jokes. Maybe it's not a beach read. Here is your summer beach read. It is an exquisite 10 chapters on globalization, and it's in the King's English. It's from Jeffrey Garten, and we will look from silk to silicon. I love the chapter on the underground cable that attached the old world to the new world a few decades ago. I think a hundred and some years ago. Jeffrey Garton will join us for a I hope a wonderful half hour of discussion on uh, his new book, hugely readable uh, new book on 10 people you need to know more about to frame uh, where this nation is going. Let's frame the data for you right now. Negative six on futures, Dow futures, negative 34. Michael McKee and Tom Keene, another Monday hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.